Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans, by fans. Welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with the fabulous 3 minus 1 because there is no Renee. Well, there is a Renee. <laughs> He's just not on this podcast at this very moment. But like always, Renee may chime in a little bit later with his predictions. But right now, it's only myself and Mr. Kenny. What it do, Kenny? What's... What it do? What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? Hope everyone is well. How are you doing, Tam? I'm doing most excellent. I feel like I say that every week. You want to know the real story? <laughs> I'm doing good. I mean, hey, what, what right. can I complain about? I don't know. Some, you know, some people got stuff to complain about all the time. I ain't got nothing to complain about. I got a fresh cut right now. So, you know, I'm like slightly feeling myself right now. <laughs> Uh-oh, Kenny with the fresh cut. You got a fresh pair of Jordans <laughs> to go with that fresh cut? Man, I do, actually. That's crazy you say that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm feeling all right. What's up? This may be an East Coast thing because I had never heard of it, but apparently on Easter in New York City, where I used to live at, that was like the day people got like fresh outfits and stuff. And not an Easter outfit. They got brand new sneakers and jeans and jackets and stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you get new stuff for back to school, but Easter was like a big thing. Right. In the DMV area, which is D.C., Baltimore, Virginia, Maryland. I oh, well, said it wrong, but I guess it's D.C., Maryland, Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> so is that a thing for you, for you out there or when you were there? Nah, that was never a thing. I will say, though, going to school in the South, when I went to Tuskegee, man, when I say people got fresh for Easter, oh, man, I'm talking about Sunday's best to a maximum. You, you would see some fresh fits on Easter. <laughs> Well, you're supposed to get dressed up for Easter Sunday, but sneakers... The South do it different, though. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm like, you're not wearing sneakers to Easter Sunday church service, but... Nah. You know what? We can talk forever. Renee's not here, as you guys already know, because I said that already. But Renee always has something fabulous to say at the beginning of the podcast regarding his weekend, but... Renee's weekend got the best of him, and that's why he's not here recording. I do know he was in <laughs> Sacramento, and not that Sacramento is the party town. I can't say what happens in Sacramento. Here's a fun fact <laughs> Sacramento is actually the capital of California, and it is not a good representation of California. Let me just say that. But yeah, I think. <laughs> He had a gig in San, Fran uh, San Francisco. See, you don't even think about Sacramento. You want to say San Francisco. But yeah, I think he had a show in Sacramento. But nonetheless, we will probably have him chime in towards the end of the podcast with his predictions. If not, it's just Tam and Renee. So without further ado, we are going to jump into some NASCAR talk. Phoenix, it went down. In Phoenix. I can't say that it was that hot this weekend in Phoenix, <laughs> but Martin Truex Jr., he lit up the track with a win. 
Top 10 from Phoenix, Martin Truex Jr., number one spot, Joey Logano came in second, Denny Hamlin third, Brad Keselowski fourth, Chase Elliott fifth, Harvick as in Kevin Harvick. You already know. I don't know why I said as in as if you didn't know who (laughs) Kevin Harvick was, but Harvick came in sixth, Larson seventh, William Byron came in eighth, Christopher Bell ninth, and Ryan Blaney came in 10th. We have not said his name that much, I feel like, in the first five races this season. And speaking of first five races, just to give you guys a little bit of a recap, Daytona 500 winner was Michael McDowell. Daytona Roll Course, speaking of McDowell, this is really random, but have you watched Coming to America too? Or Coming to I have. It was actually pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Once again, Tam and her correlations, Mr. McDowell, who ripped off McDonald's and started the (laughs) McDowell's, is a fictional character in Coming to America. (laughs) And yeah, so instead of McDonald's, he had McDowell's. So it was like a (laughs) ripoff. And actually, in Los Angeles, this is really random, too. Once a year, there's this Vinny's Pizzeria, I think that's the name of it. But once a year, twice a year, they actually change into different restaurants from movies. And they've been McDowell's a couple of times over the years. So they transform the whole spot into a fictitious restaurant from a movie. So that's actually pretty cool. Getting back to my point. Because you know I can go on all these tantrums. I was giving you guys a recap of the top five winners so far this year from each track. So five races, five different winners. Daytona 500 winner was Michael McDowell. Daytona Road Course winner was Christopher Bell. Miami, as in Homestead Miami, winner was William Byron. Las Vegas, Larson. Phoenix, Martin Truex Jr., Now, why am I giving you the recap? Because I wanted to make a point with my notables. Every one of those drivers finished in the top 10 at Phoenix. With the exception of McDowell, there were 24 drivers on the lead lap at the conclusion of Phoenix. And Michael McDowell was the second to the last driver on the lead lap. Not bad, but, you know, is his win at Daytona proven to be a fluke? Are we seeing that Christopher Bell is going to show up each week in top 10 and maybe another win this year? William Byron, he was already doing his thing last year, but he's showing up again this year and running pretty well. Larson, Las Vegas, Phoenix, Martin Truex Jr., who I felt like he fell off last year, but Martin Truex Jr. may fall back on this year and contend for the championship at the end of the year. Any thoughts on that, Kenny? So I'll say this for McDowell for it, just to start it off. I think for him, it's kind of front row leveling off like where they normally are, which is the top 15 sometimes, and on average, maybe the top 20 roughly. So I think like it's kind of starting to normalize itself out just a little bit, but Again, it seemed like at Vegas and also at Homestead, it again, it seemed like the package became an equalizer and they were able to take advantage of that and they had pretty solid finishes 
you know, going back and forth again. So I think, you know, Phoenix was kind of like, okay, well, we had a tough day. We still got more tracks coming up that could, you know, still be in our advantage. And then on top of that, you can really be lax at this point. You can take more gambles for him and that team because they're in the playoffs. They're locked in. Now, unless we get the unprecedented have 11 different more or had 12 different more winners, then that's where things get a little crazier, which in the way things have gone, it seems like it's just going to keep going up and up and up with these different new, with these different winners. And Christopher Bell is another one I think is a very talented driver and got that win very, very early with a new team. That does a lot for your confidence as a driver, I feel like. When you have that early win or that early set of top fives or top tens back to back to back, it gets y'all going pretty early in the season. And I will always say the benchmark for looking at how well a team may perform going into the, throughout the remainder of the regular season usually is about halfway. So about the Coke 600 is where I start to see, okay, whoever's going to really show up has shown up already. And it's just a matter of finishing the entire season. So I think with those type of those type of people like Christopher Bell, they're going to eventually do it. And Martin Truex is probably going to quietly just make his, obviously he's in the playoffs, but he may again just quietly move throughout each round with no problem because if they find that, that same level of consistency that they've started to get again, they'll be okay. So again, it's been a great start to the season. I'm really happy that we've had five different winners so far. And I hope this trend actually continues. Honestly, going into Atlanta next week, I hope it does. It's pretty cool and it's pretty fun. So, Kenny, my question to you is, do you think that any of those five winners will repeat and win again? I feel like everyone wants there to be a different winner for each race for the rest (laughs) of the season. Like, that would just be incredible. But the likelihood of that happening, if I was betting in Las Vegas, I wouldn't place but five cents on that bet. Because I feel like someone is going to repeat. So do you think, but then before you even answer that question, let's think about who hasn't won. Kyle Busch, we know it wasn't the best season for him, but he's bound to win a race this season. Harvick hasn't won. Hamlin hasn't gotten started. Chase hasn't won. Bowman, I think, will win. So you have a lot of drivers left that haven't even gotten started. So I just wanted to throw those little facts out there before you answered the question. So I will <laughs> ask the question again. Do you think that any of our five winners so far this season will actually repeat and win again? I think that's between Truex and Bell, honestly. I can see both of them winning again. I'm, it's going to sound crazy, but Bell is a dirt specialist, so to speak. And the Bristol Dirt Race is coming up in two weeks. It wouldn't shock me if it was him, a Chase Briscoe, or Kyle Larson, any of those guys getting a win at Bristol on dirt. So, yeah, I could definitely see some repeats. And out of those five, there's definitely going to be a few of them, but not a not a ton. I don't really expect Michael McDowell to be a repeat unless we get a fantastic Talladega run or another fantastic Daytona run. Cause for some reason at the plate, at the super speedways, he is always around. He is the guy you put on your fantasy lineup. <laughs> this is not fantasy advice, but I'm telling you for some reason, Michael McDowell somehow, some way figures out a way to stay alive at the super speedway races. So we got a long way to go, but I am super thrilled for what we've had so far this season. 
Okay, and one little thing. I'm going to put some respect on Joey's name, as in Joey Logano, because I did not mention his name just now when I was talking about drivers who I expect to win. And Joey is definitely one of them. He should be, yeah. Let me give a shout out to us. If you are living under a rock and just haven't heard, we are on the Clubhouse app. Just go to Clubhouse. If you have an iPhone, type in NASCAR talk, period. Yes, there's a dot after NASCAR talk. You will see our black and white tire mark logo and make sure to join. We are on the Clubhouse every Wednesday at 4 Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, talking NASCAR with a whole bunch of folks from all over. Occasionally, NASCAR employees drop in our room. People who don't know much about NASCAR drop in. And this past week, we had a 40-year-old vet in the game. And when I say 40-year-old, I mean, did he say he had been in the sport 40 years? Or was it 50? Yeah. Yeah, shout out Tony. I think I think it was Tony. Yeah, I can't Tony. remember his last name, but shout out Tony. <laughs> Join us on the Clubhouse app if you just want to talk NASCAR. I mean, there's people from other countries in there. We have some young bucks in there. Talking NASCAR, shout out to Mihiri. I always say his name wrong. I have to think about it. But Mihiri, he brings a wealth of knowledge for his young tender age, for his young age. (laughs) But yeah. So, Kenny, thoughts on Daniel Suarez and Bubba Wallace. What are the new teams doing? How are the new teams doing in your view? So before we jump into that, I just want to say you have got me hooked on Clubhouse. I've been on it for a minute, but I guess once you started, we started the NASCAR club and doing that on, on Clubhouse every once in a while, I've been on there way more. And actually, Mahari added me to a F1 group as well. I've been on that and I've sat in on those for like an hour or so. It's <laughs> mad addicting. I, I get it now. <laughs> I can completely understand. It is, and tell you the truth, it's like a super fun app just in itself. I like it because I can talk on there versus just like tweeting somebody. I like Twitter, but obviously Clubhouse seems to be more of my wheelhouse to me at least. I like it. It's fun because I can talk on there. <laughs> yeah, I jumped in. I saw you on the F1 room Sunday morning, I think it was. And yeah, I yeah, jumped that's in correct. really quick and I was like, you know what? I got work to do. Don't get caught up because <laughs> you don't have to talk and you can sit back and listen. It's just noise sometimes. And it's like, oh my God, I can't concentrate. But I do plan on jumping into some F1 rooms between now and the start of the season, which is next week, right? A week after man, it's coming. It's coming up. It's so crazy how quick it is really here. Like, dang, racing season is it's like week after full next effect. Or this week. I know we just did. They just did some testing. I think it's the week after next. I think I may be wrong, but I know it's coming up quick. <laughs> yeah, well, I do plan on jumping in a few of those rooms just to, you know, get my knowledge up figure out what exactly is going on. I know there've been some changes with Ferrari and all that good stuff. So <laughs> it, it's just sometimes your information overload because between yes. IndyCar and Formula One and NFL and NBA and NASCAR and golf, because I actually do follow golf. 
But I'm I am a how can I say it? If golf is on, I'm gonna watch. I can't really say that I keep up a whole lot, but I obviously understand golf. I know what's going on. I know the major players. Right. F1 is pretty much the same thing because the time difference is just a killer with F1. I'm I'm on West Coast time, yeah. so it's like on Sundays, <laughs> the races are on at 3.30 a.m., 4 a.m., and I am an early riser, but not every time you get up, you're thinking about, oh, the F1 race. You're thinking about opening your eyes and having your cup of tea <laughs> or coffee, see, whichever I, one you like. See, I can't even complain about like a six, like a seven o'clock start because that is like four in the morning over there, and that's like crazy. I mean, even some races here are about that time, and- the thing is, like a four o'clock in the morning race on the east, or at least East Coast time, that being at midnight isn't bad to me because Australia on East Coast time normally each year, I think it's around midnight or one in the morning, roughly. And I typically watch the opening race every single year. Don't really miss it very often. But yeah, that time difference is a killer. And same thing with MotoGP. It's the same way. And I like the two wheel stuff, too. VA supercars is in Australia. That time difference is bizarre sometimes. But yeah, it's a lot of racing and it's a lot of information to take in. And I take in a lot of sports just as much as you do as well. <laughs> well, the time difference just in general, taking sports out of it is just a wow thing. I think about oh, yeah. every day I talk to someone that is in Dubai in the Middle East and I talk to someone that's in Africa and they're two different time zones completely. Like right now, I think, I don't know what, since the time went back or whatever, I don't know. I, just FYI, I never know about the time. I'm not really, <laughs> no, I, I just look out the window. And I'm like, okay, it's dark. It must be daylight savings or the time change. I don't know. I've never, ever thought about it. I've never set a, first of all, I don't believe in like keeping clocks and stuff like that. I do have a clock in my bedroom, but I can't see it. I never can see it because it's on the other side of the bed. And even when I'm standing up, I can't ever see it because I have a thousand and one pillows. Okay, that was TMI, (laughs) but yeah, I'm just not into the time zone thing. But I do know in the Middle East, where my friend is, it's 10 hours or 11 hours. So if it's seven o'clock my time, I just say, oh, it's seven o'clock her time, but at night the next day. So that's how I keep time. And I don't talk to my friend in Japan as much, but I used to talk to my friend in Japan all the time. And Japan is a whole different time zone in itself. But in fact, I may reach out to her tomorrow on the WhatsApp just to say, what up? Okay, back to some NASCAR talk. So I think the last question on the floor was new NASCAR teams, Bubba and Daniel. Yeah, so it's been a rough start for a 23XI so far. They haven't really had all the success they wanted, you know, outside of the second duel where they had a great race. I mean, you know, Phoenix marked their best finish with 16th, which to a lot of fans and to a lot of folks could have been way, way better for them because it felt like that car didn't really come alive until late in the second, I mean, late in the second stage. And then going into the final stage, 
that car was on point. It got to the top five. You know, that car was rolling. But when there was a late caution, instead of rolling down pit row with everybody else to get fresh tires, because fresh tires was important. And they were first on the restart, but they got ran over by everybody else because everyone was pretty much half the field was on fresh tires. And that was mainly most of the top 10. And they got ran by and, you know, finishing 16th was probably the best salvage point they could possibly have gotten out of that one. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's growing pains for them. Same thing with Daniel Suarez and his team. Best finish they had was in Miami, which is ironic with uh, Pitbull <laughs> coming home with 15th that weekend. But other than that, you know, nothing really that pops out and says, yeah, we're, we are right on a roll. So I can say for both teams, I think this is like where the the reality starts to kick in for fans. Things just don't happen that fast in racing most of the time and sometimes in other sports as well. It's not going to be an instant thing for neither Trackhouse or 23XI as much as you would think automatically. They're just going to click. I think back to Joe Gibbs racing when they switched to Toyota. They were not as good as where they were currently. It took them a while to build that up and then obviously eventually they've gotten championships to that name. So it's tough. It's not that simple that you just get on a track, boom, instant success. It just doesn't work that way. So, yeah, it's tough. And I think just fans have to also not look at the fact that they got shiny new teams on the surface level and also take into account that it takes time to build up these things with a brand new team, brand new everything, brand new cars, all of this. They just have to work those type of things together throughout an entire season, because it's a long way to go in the season. We're only five races in. We've got quite some time left until the regular season is. 21 races, I believe, is the correct number. That's what we've got left. So that's a long time from now and a lot of figuring out to do. So it's going to be tough, man. It's, it's, not a, it's not an easy thing to do. It is a very, very difficult thing to be a successful Cup Series team and getting those wins. But I think what's going to help them ultimately, and this goes for all the new teams, the more success you have, the more that will start to snowball and the better your driver will feel, the better the teams will feel, the mood is going to be right. Everyone will be okay by that point, but it's just going to take some time. And maybe going into Atlanta, they may have just a little bit more success, and that goes for both teams. You just mentioned we have 21 races left, but we only have 11 playoff spots remaining. Yeah, it's getting hot and heavy. (laughs) <laughs> and how many drivers did I name that not that it's guaranteed that they're gonna win but I think I named off at least seven drivers that should win I think you could look at the top 10 from this past weekend and look at all of them and they can definitely win that's you take out Truex and you take out Bell and and Larson I think the other seven can definitely get a win and that right there takes away seven more spots so you can look at it in a multitude of ways and realize that, okay, this is a long way to go. And if you look throughout the top 10, they all have a shot and they all have won. I believe it. Most of these tracks coming up next. So yeah, it's only a matter of time before that happens. As a matter of fact, if I think about Atlanta, Hamlin has won at Atlanta. Brad Kozlowski has won at Atlanta. Kevin Harvick has won at Atlanta. Joey Logano and Martin Truex, who won, but still, he can win at Atlanta. So it's not impossible. And, and, you know, hell, why not? Dawsonville's very own. Georgia's very own. Take it home in his own backyard. It's possible. You know, so 
it's going to be crazy. And I'm glad that the season has this level of in quote parody as much as I hate to use that word. It is going to be a fantastic end to the season and the regular season ending might actually have some implications to the point where someone has to win just to get in, which will be fun. Well, I know we don't talk trucks on this podcast. We talk a little trucks, but not a lot. But you just mentioned Atlanta, and we're going to jump into our predictions in a bit. But Bill Lester is returning to NASCAR Truck Series. Kenny, I know you're excited. Man, listen, I am hyped for that. Because, see, I'll just give a slight background for myself. Obviously, I'm a NASCAR fan. Obviously, I work in the industry. When I was a little kid, the question I always asked my dad, I said to me, and I'm going to say this bluntly as possible, Dad, where are black people? I said it straight up. Young as I was, you know, little kids are way more blunt. I still kind of am. Not as much as when I was a little kid. But still, when Bill Lester showed up in 06, I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm like, oh, wow, this is crazy. And he made his first cup debut at Atlanta, which is really cool. So to see him back in the truck is awesome. He hasn't been in a truck since 2007. So that's going back 13 years ago, which is crazy to think. That last start was at Nashville. I'm excited for him. He's going to be in some pretty good equipment with DJR Crossley. Solid race team all in all in, in the truck series. Should be a fun time. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how he does. because He hasn't been in a, a truck or a stock car. I don't know if you want to say the same thing, but hasn't been in one in a long time. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. But I'm excited for it. So I definitely would say on Saturday, tune into the truck series race as well, because it's a doubleheader on Saturday, Xfinity and trucks. Got to watch them both. I think that'll be a fun one. I will be watching. You listen to this podcast enough, you know, I rarely tune into truck, but I will be watching. And he's from D.C. (laughs) If you listen to this podcast, you know, I rarely tune into the truck races, but I will be watching because he's from D.C., (laughs) Kenny's hometown. Okay, okay, Kenny. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to the DMV for the one time. Shout out to Roger Carruth. That's where he's from, too. He's from D.C., so shout out to him. I did want to say one last thing, and we're going to jump into some predictions. What are your thoughts about Bubba testing the next gen? First of all, who chooses who tests? That's an interesting question. So to answer that question first, I believe that is just all manufacturer's choice. So like Toyota, Ford, and Chevy, I think they can pick who they want to go each weekend i think that's how that works if i'm not mistaken so it has been a mixed bag of people which is actually a good thing in my eyes they've had veterans tested actually not far away from me at charlotte motor speedway about a month ago or so um which is cool so i think you know having some of the younger ish guys take a chance at it is a good thing to get that feedback from them as well and also take the veteran feedback. So I think that'll help. But yeah, it'll be pretty cool to see um see the car back on track for Richmond. And it seems like everything is is fine. 2022, Daytona 500, it looks like we are going to get the next-gen car. So this is exciting. But I will also say this, I don't think this car is a manufacturer-based car just yet. I think you won't see that until later in the year, maybe going to the summer until the fall. But I think this is the same, pretty much the same prototype that one of them have used before. I don't know who did what, but yeah, the short track, it'll be 
pretty interesting to see how it turns out. I'm excited for the next gen car. It should be should be a pretty cool looking car. I think we are all excited because we've waited a year too long. <laughs> I shouldn't say too long, but we waited an extra year for it. So yeah, <laughs> hopefully it lives up to the hype because that would be horrible if it's disappointing. But I can't really see it being disappointing considering all the advances in technology. No, for real. It it's a really cool looking car and I think it's cool that we're getting in quote and I I think I can say this comfortably this year. This is our lame duck year. This is the last year of this car. So whatever happens, happens this season and so far it's been fun. So I'm loving it. And then next year we get a new car and that should be even more fun. You know, I'm thinking it may have worked out for the best because we yeah, have the maybe. Daytona road course. We have the dirt race coming up. So it works out for NASCAR from a marketing and a promotion standpoint. And I feel like it also works out for the drivers as well. It works out for NASCAR because this year you can talk all about the schedule Next year, you have something new to talk about. You can talk all about the car. And for the drivers, it's like, okay, we're doing new things, new schedule this year, and we're getting adjusted to those things. And I guess it it may or may not be a good thing for the drivers, depending on how you look at it. If you're a half, (laughs) half cup full, half glass, empty type of person, but yeah, it is kind of to me like, okay, so you getting used to everything this year with the schedule mix up and then next year you can get used to the new car yeah it's keeping it fresh i I like it that's what i like about the new schedule it's fresh it's what people have been asking for for a while it's got a lot of tracks that people have wanted to happen you go out with a bang on this car and then you roll into a brand new car which is going to be absolutely amazing i can't wait so win win Speaking of wins, <laughs> so it is time for some predictions. It's time for race predictions. Renee, thanks for joining us. Better late than never. Who you got? Hey guys, this is Renee Garcia from All Turns No Breaks. Sorry I couldn't uh, be with you guys on the last episode, but I couldn't miss the opportunity to send in my predictions. That's just me trying to be tan. Anyway, so here are my predictions for Atlanta. Hot Atlanta. But I'm not sure if it's going to be hot over there or not. Because it certainly is cold here in Los Angeles, California. Tam, if I don't say so, it's cold here. Anyway, here are my picks for Atlanta. And I'm going straight to it. I'm still I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with a with an old veteran here. And um not an old, old veteran, but I mean just a veteran. I'm going to go with Brad Kislowski, the number two car. Brad Kislowski is going to be my winner in Atlanta. And don't be surprised if you see the number 11 in the uh, winner's circle either. Denny Hamlin is my alternative pick. So Brad Kislowski is my main pick. And for my side pick, <laughs> I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin. So uh, those are my picks. I'm sticking with him. I kind of wanted to go with Joey Logano, but those are my picks and I'm going to stick with him. Today, since there's no Renee, that rhyme. Did you get it? Today, since there's no Renee, <laughs> Kenny. <laughs> Rhyming. <laughs> hey, look, I got to take up the slack for her. Our, <laughs> I, don't, I was going to say our better half, but I guess that's our better third. 
Okay. I guess Kenny. so. <laughs> Kenny, who you got at Atlanta Motor Speedway? <laughs> All right. We are rolling into Hampton, Georgia at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. I actually have not been there in a long time. I think four years it's been. I went in 17. That's what Brad Keselowski won. So that was a pretty crazy race. I remember because that was my first actual cut race I ever went to. But for me, I think I am actually going to go with Kevin Harvick, who has had quite a history here in the last three years. He has won twice in the last two years at Atlanta. I think he can get the job done again. And I think we are going to start to continue to go on the trait of normalcy, right? Then for my alternative pick, I am actually going to go with someone who has not won since I graduated at Atlanta, since I graduated college or went to college. Kyle Busch. Last time he won was 2013. That was my first year in college. <laughs> so those are my picks. I'm sticking to them. What say you, Miss Tam? Okay. I haven't given you a history lesson in forever. Kenny jumped on the bandwagon. Why? I don't know if you can call it a bandwagon because we haven't did a history <laughs> lesson in a while until you did the history <laughs> lesson last week. But Kenny gave you a little bit of history. I'm just going to give you a little bit more with the past 10 winners at Atlanta. Harvick is a three-time winner at Harvick. Yes, he did win. Like Kenny said, he has won two races in the last two or three years. I guess you can look at it that way. But he has won a total of three races. He won in 2020 as well as 2018. 2019, Brad Kozlowski took home the checkered flag. He also took home the checkered flag in 2017. Jimmy Johnson went back to back in 2015 and 2016. Casey Kane won in 2014. Kyle Busch, 2013. Denny Hamlin, 2012. And Jeff Gordon, 2011. And I read those from the bottom up, I guess, are from current to past as opposed to from past to today. Yeah, you got it. Good. Okay. <laughs> I am also going with Harvick and Hamlin, <laughs> but you already know Again? who I'm going to pick. <laughs> yes. I don't I care. I should have known that. I'm going with <sighs> Hamlin hasn't won there since 2012. Ooh, this is a goodness. fool's bet, but I'm going to go be a fool for Hamlin. <laughs> so Hamlin is my pick to win. And Harvick is my pick to win. You can figure out who's my alternative. How about that? <laughs> oh, since Renee's not here, I guess it's all on me. Okay, guys, <laughs> those are our picks. You tell us who you have. Tweet us at Turns No Breaks. Hit us up on the gram at Turns No Breaks. We have a Facebook account. You can hit us up there as well. But to be honest, we only do the Twitter and the gram, but we do have a Facebook account. But better yet, come talk to us on the Clubhouse app. Give us your business, meaning what you like, what you don't like, who you pick. We there to listen. <laughs> Again, Clubhouse app. The name of our club is NASCAR Talk. We are the club with the black and white logo. Okay, because there's another NASCAR Talk, but that ain't us. We are the ones with the black and white logo. So now that we got all that out the way, we need a favor from you guys. We know you're listening. 
Help us help you and other NASCAR listeners by leaving the podcast a five-star rating. None of that one-star bullcrap. We need a (laughs) five-star rating and we need a comment positive only. If you have something negative to say, just don't leave a comment. But if you have something positive to say and you listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, your comment is welcome. Five-star rating, positive review, and don't forget, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. For myself, for Front Row Kenny, and that guy, Renee Garcia, you can catch him at It's Renee Garcia someplace on the Instagram, partying or doing something. Yeah, do that. And for all of us, talk to you next week. See y'all. It's March Madness season. Don't forget to fill your brackets. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in. 